Welcome to Service Sharp. This is a podcast all about service now. We'll be talking strategy, architecture, technology, and everything service now. This podcast is not affiliated with service now. The opinions expressed are our own. We're just people that are very passionate about the platform. Join us for every episode. We're- All right, welcome back. This is Jason Gibson with uh, Service Sharp. I've got uh, Brent Peters, Justin Claspel, and Randy Haas on the phone, and uh, we're talking about upgrades today. Uh, uh, welcome back, everybody. I know it's been a day or two since we've had a podcast, and I appreciate everybody being here. Uh, so, uh, upgrades. Uh, what was the last upgrade you guys have done? Uh, Rome, I would think. No, I didn't. Right. Yeah, I did one Rome, and then uh, the last, actually, the last one was a Quebec. Yeah, I've done okay. two, two Quebecs in a row, is what I've done. I have not done a Rome yet. Okay. So the Quebec versus Rome. Let's start with uh, let's start with Quebec. Uh, difficult upgrade? Was it pretty pretty straightforward? For me, I thought it was super easy. It was one of the actually probably one of the easiest upgrades uh, we've done yet. Uh, thankfully, it didn't touch any at least not that I'm aware really any uh, any of the core tables or anything. It just seemed to be uh, just super quick. Yep, but, that's what I was saying. And mine was pretty quick. Did pretty well. Um, pretty simple. There were, I'd have to say, one of the uh, easiest upgrades I had. But I was upgrading one version. It wasn't skipping versions. So yeah, well, I was, I was doing a skip even. I was doing a skip even, and it wasn't. So I guess that means uh, Paris also was not. That's not how it works. Just yeah, it's in the PQ. <laughs> got to do my alphabet there live on. Yes, yes. So I mean, you know, uh, uh, we got we got we do have to remember the alphabet, right? So it's, yeah. uh, that's anyway. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but yeah, we uh, we also skipped. I'm pretty sure this was a skip on that on that one, and uh, at least one of the two was a skip. And I don't remember there being anything huge on on either of them. Uh, one was, you know, the standard testing, getting people to test after you've. After you've done it, uh, that was a biggest hold up there. But the other, uh, pretty pretty darn smooth, really. Yeah. So I've noticed with Quebec, I noticed that it was pretty smooth upgrade. But then, like you guys said, it was really difficult because what I ended up doing is having a, a set of testers that just weren't being committed to the upgrade. And so it, it kind of dragged on uh, more than it should have. It ended up being a, a kind of a big problem. Uh, the upgrade should have gone through in about three weeks, um, significantly longer uh, on the other upgrade. Um, I know that the the most recent one we did together went pretty well, um, but uh, what I found was the issue there was the the whole project management side of it just didn't. Uh, it, it didn't help to have um, the structure that it had. There was there were too many people uh, not sure about what to do when we got to the testing period, uh, and I thought that was that was kind of a that was kind of a, a difficult situation. Yeah, it was kind of un 
it wasn't the first upgrade for that particular place. So it was, it was just kind of surprising to me on how, uh, on how both, you know, on how that ended up playing out. Cause, uh, the time before that, I don't recall there being any real issue and everything, uh, you know, we built out scripts and stuff and it seemed to go really, really smooth. So, uh, yeah. I mean, comparatively, you know, there's always a little, bit of, yeah. a little bit of pushback yeah. with certain stakeholders or whatnot, but overall, I, I mean, I did not remember that being that way. And uh, this last time it was definitely different. Uh, I, I will say the, how quick this last one went uh, on the for the one before that that I did. It has kind of set uh, the the leaders leadership roles, management roles, whatever you want to call it, uh, a little bit of a bad expectation, I think, because normally we reserve about a month. You don't usually take the whole month, of course, but we reserve the month uh, for an upgrade just to be safe. And since that one went through, I think we were ready for it in 10 days. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We had the expectation of, you know, Rome, which they want to skip, uh, and go to San Diego, which we're trying to not. There's too much stuff being changed, to my understanding, in Rome to, yeah. uh, to want yeah. to skip. So, yeah. Yep. But again, they're they're it's just the expectation set. Well, you know, the la- it's not like you're upgrading Windows where there is a lot to Windows. Uh, but generally, I'm saying this in a very very generalized fashion. Uh, as long as the library works, you're good to go. ServiceNow is basically a, what 50 apps in one, mm-hmm. right? So when you up and you don't upgrade one at a time, you upgrade. Which I I really wish that they would. If I had one thing to tell ServiceNow, it's, it's quit doing platform upgrades and just let's do module upgrades which i'm yeah. sure that would make support harder which is why i guess they wouldn't do that there's too many way too many different versions if people didn't have to you know keep upgrading everything at once uh right. but from a support standpoint the the tools are so big in a lot of these companies that you know even for that last one like we were saying there are so many stakeholders now that right. are heavily invested in the platform that it's uh, it just gets it's very cumbersome for every six months to a year to uh, to go through the whole thing and if and another issue that you know brings it up is that if people haven't if the last two versions nothing of theirs has been touched you know like our change manager we're telling him you know hey man we're gonna need we're gonna need you to to be ready to put in some hours for this next upgrade and they're like yeah whatever you know well, you've literally not had me do anything besides run through a change after you've moved it to test for the last four versions or whatever yeah, uh, yeah. i'm like no i know that's not <laughs> it's not going to be that way this time because we're it's it, there's a chance that we might uh, need to revert a whole lot more than we ever had before so yeah uh, people which, just, which you know, brings which brings us to rome right yeah yeah Whew. That was that was an interesting situation. Um, I don't know if you guys have had the same issue, but when when we went to Rome, uh, we could not upgrade our change management. It was uh, we've we've customized it and customized it and customized it over time. And so what what happened is uh, there were so many skipped items and so much problems with the upgrade itself that we had to re-implement the module. The, the entire change module during the upgrade itself, which drugged the upgrade from, you know, that normal month, right, to uh, closer to, you know, two. So it was, um, and, and given that the 
you know, depending on whether you have a small company or large company, uh, the last upgrade was a, a company that that's a worldwide company. It's, you know, um, it's got a lot of change management. Um, oh, let's say um, rules. <laughs> Idiosyncrasies, right? <laughs> um, so getting that implemented in that shorter period of time was uh, honestly pretty impressive on its own. Um, but it got done. Uh, but I will say the changes that, that are made that you need to be be careful on is, is that they're switching from workflow to flow designer. Do you have uh, to get a flow designer? Yeah. So there is some legacy s- stuff there that, but the, when the flows get turned on, they kind of, uh, they jack with some things. The other thing is they change from change types, which they still have change type. They also include change models. Now that's where it gets the big changes are because you're literally changing the way you start a change. You select a change model, pre-approved, uh, normal. Those are the change models, and you select um, the normal change, and that goes into. But it, it actually the way that all of the scripts in the background are set up, everything is set up to use models, um, and for us, it was do I. Do we go through the effort to make it work the way it is currently, or do we make it work the way it's intended? And so we could have made it work the way it was, but the amount of effort to do that was at least three quarters of the effort it would take to re-implement the module. So it was, okay, so let's take this opportunity now that we have it to go ahead and, you know, go do it the way ServiceNow has changed things to do it. Uh, and it was, and it's good because when now it's done, the upgrades will be a lot smoother and, you know, the models are a pretty interesting way to handle it. There's some really good benefits with the way they handle um uh, the way they handle changing states, which is interesting because you have a, a flow that will trigger at each state. Um, it really, <laughs> the amount of stuff that changes in Rome is just massive. So be prepared uh, if you are going, if you've done any customizations and change management to look at that ahead of time before you push the button and upgrade your dev instance and go, oh, you know, that sucks. <laughs> you know, look at look at it six months ahead of time, okay? <laughs> and uh, and make sure you go over the change management because it's going to be it, it will be an issue to some degree. So, I've tried to get him to look early at that one, but it's going to be a wonderful uh, last second. Hey, this doesn't seem to work like it always does. <laughs> you know, and I and I we do this all the time to ourselves and it, and it's because we're all so busy and they have so many projects and so much going on that leadership really doesn't give us an opportunity to do the research we need to about the versions ahead of time. Well, I mean, um, most, most places there's, at least that I've dealt with there, it's not like certain, the service now team has a massive crew, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, sometimes well, they're well stocked, but there's a it's if the service now 
if you have one person as your service now person, you do not have nothing against them. They can be the smartest person on the planet. There is simply too much in the yeah. tool for them yeah. to know it all or learn. You, you just can't. Oh, I know everything. Yeah, well, you're the exception. There's always an exception. To <laughs> There's the always an exception. It's always Brent. Brent's oh, wait, always... no, I'm just a know-it-all. That's it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's, um, that's a lot of the problem is that either you have someone uh, trying to do way too much. You know, like Brent's actually a, a pretty good example of that. Of, of yeah. how we all met him anyway. Uh, you know, being being the, the sole guy on a, on a rather rather good size implementation uh there's there's just a lot of ask there that sure you oh, can you can learn it but it's we've made it even bigger so since yeah. you've been there i'm glad Jeez. you have a, a big crew now oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's still me and an admin the admin does the user stuff so at least you got an admin so <laughs> yeah uh, i'm grateful for her. oh yeah i bet is there and a uh with with the major changes and stuff like that that's coming out, is there a roadmap that says, "Hey, in you know we're 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 hitting change in Rome, and then we're going to hit project management in whatever comes after Rome, and then we're going to hit you know is there something like that where you could have kind of a general heads up, or is it just whatever they decide to throw in the in the notes as you do the upgrade? Well, so here's. The crazy part, like they, they'll ServiceNow does all kinds of great things um, with everything from knowledge to, you know, independent, you know, small, basically uh, regional knowledge type that, you know, events and all that stuff is there and, and it's all there to be learned. The problem is you have to be given the time to do it. Um, and you know, the reality behind that is, it's just, there's a lot. And, and it's not just what is going to happen on the main platform. So things don't break. It's what happens to each module. So that's one of the beauty of, of knowledge. When, when we had an actual physical knowledge, right. You went to knowledge, you spent a week learning all that. Um, what's coming, you know, what are the gotchas, all that stuff. Talk to people about all that stuff. And, and that's where you, really get you know uh, ahead of it well now we do the virtual well and i know that you know i'll give you you know i was had tickets last year to the virtual one and i think i spent like 20 minutes because i had 400 other projects and i didn't have time for it i mean it just you know if they don't allocate the time for you you just don't have it and unfortunately they're like yeah we're gonna here's your ticket but you still have the same responsibilities and we know you work a 60 hour week, so just figure it out, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and that's just, that's one of the problems that we, that service now has again, because what Justin was saying, right. There's just no, we don't have teams that are big enough um, that have enough support typically. And there's a lot, there's a lot going on there with the, you know, like the release notes they, they give out or handy to Randy's question a little bit. Uh, they give you an idea on, on basic changes, but it's, you know, it doesn't have any idea what customizations you've made. Well, it's also the release notes tell you what's in that version. They don't have a roadmap that I know of that I've seen, and I haven't been able to find one on their document side or anything that says, you know, okay, we're working on uh, change management in Rome, but in San Diego, we're doing incident and in uh, um, Tibet, I don't know if that's it. I'm just making that up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. 
uh, Tibet, we're going to be working on release management and the next version, this and so on. So they don't, I haven't seen that used to get that. Like Jason said, whenever we went to, uh, knowledge, they, the, developers that were teaching or the support people that were teaching would, you know, okay, uh, we're looking at doing a UI change in the next version or two versions from now and that kind of stuff. But they just, I don't know. We, we don't see things like that. So you don't really learn of that until you read the release notes. And sometimes you read the release notes and it really doesn't describe it either. Well, yeah, because you know what the release notes say. You don't know how it's going to affect your instance to yes. some degree, right? Yep. And and so, again, that's that's why, you know, taking, you know, a, 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 an instance ahead of time and, and doing a clone and, and looking through things, if you have any idea that there might be a problem like like we are sitting here talking about rome and if you haven't upgraded to rome you need to be going okay so they've said there's a problem with change management let me let me upgrade my you know sandbox and see how that works and see it what it affects and if if it's going to be okay or not uh and doing that a month before you've told all your stakeholders you're going to upgrade right um instead what we well perfect example uh we, you know we said okay it's uh <laughs> it's december 1st december 1st to uh to, to january 1st we're gonna upgrade you know and then uh everybody upgrades and the the guy the change man the person who's in charge of uh change management gets on the phone and says this ain't gonna work guys <laughs> yeah yeah. And uh, so it's, oh, well, I guess we're going to the drawing board. So, um, and I will say there's two things that comes with that. One, the stakeholders are mad because in their mind, the upgrade took too long. They didn't see it as an upgrade than an implementation, right? And that's a problem because they're mad. Why did it take a month? You didn't communicate well enough to me. It doesn't matter how well you communicate. If it takes two months to upgrade your instance, they're mad, right? Well, because they're um, used to you doing it shorter time. Right. As Absolutely. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And and that's and and they're, you know, I think in the last four or five upgrades, it's been pretty quick, pretty easy. You know, we we, you know, give it a month. It you know, always happens, you know, ahead of time. Everybody's happy. Uh, and then you get to this situation and, and you're not prepared for it. Well, we weren't prepared for it because we didn't do our homework. Um, and, and that's, uh, even if, uh, you know, even if a, you did though, you can't, uh, you're not necessarily going to get all that information before you hit the button. Right. So right, you can only, right, you can yeah. only do so much homework whenever it comes right. to a service now upgrade. Uh, I think the last, not, I'm not going to use the word bad. The last, uh, challenging there we go that's a more pc term uh last challenging upgrade for me i want to say was a madrid does that sound right i think it was madrid i think so either madrid or new york yeah maybe it was maybe it was new york one of those two i mean we've had several uh that were not really that bad at all right right but those that one fell apart and i remember shortly after that service now came out after that one and went okay we're changing the way we're doing this to make it easier for everybody and uh, they redid a bunch of stuff to make it you know i guess seemingly easier and it and it has been for a while um but you know it's uh you're gonna have these major shifts 
you don't always notice them because it may not be in anything you use. Yeah, I think that's the real real kicker. I really want to get robots for him. I did. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you're cutting in and out on us there, Mr. Gibson. Uh, oh, sorry about that. I was going to say the, the thing for me is it's just, it's just so hard to actually try to plan because even if you know, like I know it's going to ch- touch change, right, for Rome, but I have no idea if that means because we're we're pretty. I'm doing air quotes here, pretty out of the box this time, thankfully. Uh, but I mean that only goes so far, uh, and they may have changed. Every everything that we thought is out of the box, it's not. They may have changed that, uh, right? And so again, it's there's just going to be a lot, and that's one of those processes. I mean, I don't know if anyone anyone doing a change likes it at that time. You like it if anything ever goes wrong, right? Change is exceptionally valuable when 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 things go bad. Yeah, you you can find the uh, the chain or or uh, you know whatever the source. It's a lot easier, or or even just know anything that's happened at that time. Um, so they're very valuable, but I don't know if anyone likes it. So when you now have to review something that is already somewhat cumbersome, depending on how your company has it set up, uh, you know it's it's you've already got a bad taste in your mouth because you're like, oh, change, okay, yay, that's. I love filling out changes. You know, I can't wait to fill out 50 of them in the next week just to see what might possibly be broken. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's not only is it going to be difficult because we don't, we know it touches a lot, but we won't know until we hit the button exactly which things might be broken that we have edited. Uh, and then of course, on top of it, you've got a module that again, very valuable module, uh, not the most fun for most people who use it is what I, I'm guessing. Maybe I'm being biased there. Maybe everybody but me loves change. I don't, you guys go oh, ahead. Oh, no, I, I think it's the most amazing. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, okay. I've always enjoyed it. <laughs> it, it. It is a good purpose. I like the intent of it, but actually filling it out is... Uh, no, it is very annoying, yes. Yeah. But, yeah. But you got to, I mean, you got to do it again. It's far better than just having somebody send an email. Hey, Friday at uh, at uh, two thirty in the afternoon, I'm going to go ahead and uh, upgrade all the SQL servers. You know, like probably not the best way to go about your upgrades. Where now you have every server, research it. You know, and you probably say no at two thirty on a Friday. I would hope you would say no at two thirty on a Friday. Uh, I would try. But hey, everybody's different. Maybe that maybe that is your company's perfect time to do an upgrade. You know, it could be, could very well be. Uh, Gotta live dangerous. Yeah, a little bit yeah. of uh, a little bit of fun to the mix there. Yeah. So why you know you don't want will life it, to get stale. Will it be up Monday morning or will it not? <laughs> That's always <laughs> a fun. Thing. You know, but I will say that I've had companies want to do it like on a Thursday night because their real slow time is 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 on Friday. I've had other companies that are international companies. Think you know have this weird because the switch over from one country to another and the weirdness behind that and they have to do it like at six thirty five you know <laughs> on the dot um, because it, that fits in where they want so it's it's depends on your organization but try and find the low low time for sure yeah it, um, 
yeah, you can look at statistics. You can talk to your users. I would say if you have a 24-7 help uh, service desk or help desk, definitely talk to them about when their slow time is. Yes, on most upgrades, you don't have to physically take the server, or not physically, but take the server down and kick everybody out to do an upgrade. So, But doing it on a low usage for the service desk would really make things a lot easier on them. That's a good thing to look at. And even though there's no actual outage, you can actually create some slowdowns when you're doing the upgrade. So uh, it it can cause a a little bit of an issue in speed. Um, There were the one of the most recent upgrades. We actually took it offline and did an outage um, and kicked everybody out. Uh, We did that. For a couple of reasons, um, there were some integration concerns uh, about the way that they were going to bring in the data into change because they integrate into the change already. Um, And there were some other concerns that made it to where we needed an outage, uh, which, by the way, is (laughs) really interesting to try and get people to understand why you need an outage this time and never have before. And you're trying to explain, well, not just an upgrade. We're also doing an implementation and there's these 12 reasons. And they're like, well, but, but we don't care. (laughs) We'll get rid of those 12 reasons. And (laughs) yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Why don't we just do them one at a time? Come on. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I actually had one, part of the organization say, well, I'm just not going to approve the change. <laughs> and I laughed. I go, well, eventually ServiceNow is going to do for, do it for us anyway. So you can not approve the change all you want, <laughs> but eventually it's going to happen. Yep. And you're just going to have to deal with it. And uh, that was, that did not win me friends. Probably not your most political moment, but no, 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 they were, they were not very happy with it. It is kind of weird though, because in that regard, you know, you have a lot of, especially in IT, depending on how, how, uh, I don't want to say how experienced, there we go. Your, uh, your staff is, you know, they may have had the wonderful joys of getting exemptions for server 2003 for 20 years, not not twenty. Okay, I, I get. But what you know, at least five, ten years, where they're like, yes, we know it's uh, it needs to be taken away. It's a security thing. We got it wrapped up tight as much as we can, uh, but we don't have the manpower to. You know, we'll do that project next month or whatever, next quarter. Or, yes. You know, keep pushing it down the line. Uh, you can't really, you can't you can't do that with sir. It's a you know, I'm sorry, platform as a service. Uh, yeah. So you you just you've only got so much control. Uh, I guess depending on how good your I'm sure ServiceNow would deny this, but depending on how good your uh, contract is, uh, your exemptions do not necessarily guarantee you much more than a month. Yeah, you're not like that. I think that is the max exemption that you can really get is a month from. And and to be honest, that's I get I get ServiceNow stance on it. You got to stay up to date. Um, On the other hand, it does put a burden on the organization to make sure that they you know stay on top of it. I like it personally because we do upgrades a lot, <laughs> you know, yep. it, but, uh, but it is something that does put a burden on the, the organization. Now, it, when I say this to people, they, they think I'm crazy, but when they say to me, when I say, well, if this is too much of a burden, you should do it twice a year. Thank you for listening to service sharp. We need to take a short break for a word from our sponsor. 
Welcome back. Let's continue with our topics. And they think I have three heads. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You should do it because it takes less time if you go version to version, typically. So what you end up doing is you end up moving faster. You're, you know, getting through it. Um, you can upgrade quicker and not have as many problems. Uh, and um, they still think I'm crazy. I, I have, half the time I think I'm crazy. But that that is what I would prefer to do is twice a year do an upgrade. But I've honestly never been able to get anybody to... Uh, to actually follow through with that. <laughs> yeah, I get that it, you know, you're burning a lot of you're burning a lot of time tech, depending on how good, you know, if every upgrade was like Quebec, I don't think it would necessarily be too hard on me to get that through uh right. to, to someone. Uh but for every every Quebec, you're eventually gonna have a you know a, whatever the version I can't even think of now. Uh whether it be in Madrid or, or New York, Madrid whichever or Rome. one. Yeah. Uh you're gonna you're gonna have one that's gonna catch you. And it may I'm sure someone out there had Quebec become a a a, a bit of an issue for him. You know, for me, it, I have been lucky in the two upgrades I've done, neither one really did anything that was affected by it too much. Uh but I'm right. sure somebody out there had something oh. that went haywire on him. Yeah, or you had maybe you, you know it agile or something, right? Yeah. Well, and also part of the reason is that for at least one of those for the last several upgrades, we've been pretty relentless about, you know, taking things back to, you know, out of the box instead and, and getting rid of customizations and things like that. And that I think on, helps yeah, on one of the customers. Yeah. Well, and, and that's great because that what, what we're doing there though, it takes time too. So you have to understand that that 30 days, part of that is actually going rolling some stuff back as much as you can identifying what those things are, seeing if they cause any problems or want to keep them or, 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 roll, or whether you want to roll them back. I mean, there's some effort to that. Um, and then you, if you have an old instance that has a ton of customizations, you know, you start with this next upgrade and roll everything back that you can the next upgrade you do the same thing the next upgrade you do the same and that's what we did with that customer to where we got to quebec and it's like you know okay this is this is better yep. <laughs> you know yeah and if you can do that that's great but in some cases yeah you can't <laughs> so yeah sometimes it's hard yeah yeah and the problem part of the time is the is not you know it can't be done. It's people don't want to do it. They yes. don't want to do it, whether they don't want to spend the time or they don't want to develop the resources for it, or they don't want the change, right? They want what they want. And if they don't get it, they're going to throw a fit. Well, or they say that doesn't fit our, our um, process. They're not willing to, you know, okay. You have a customized change management, because it it you made it fit your change management process, and now the change manager's like, no, we can't do that because it's against our policy to not have this management. Well, and that's this a process. big pet peeve. That is a big pet peeve of mine. Don't don't ever fit the tool to your process. Yeah. The 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 tool has the process. You need to fit your organization into the process. Now that does include customizations. It does. And, and it, 
in configurations. Configurations, and not customization. It, it has, there, there may be some customizations that that particular organization needs specifically. Fine. I, I'll take a few, right? But the, the reality behind it is it, you're not, you can't try and, you know, force that square peg in a round hole. And ServiceNow is very much ITIL and it's very much geared towards that. So how many times have we seen somebody take a non-ITIL process and try and shove it down the throat of service now and say, because that's what we do? For us, it's been mostly, we are trying to get rid of this software. It, that's the thing I've seen before is where I'm using, yeah. and I haven't seen it for change, but, but I've seen it for help desk side for the uh, just normal ITIL uh, yeah. incident, especially. Like we have, you know, help desk software A, and uh, you guys are, are forcing us to use ServiceNow, so let's just make every screen, every action feel like <laughs> yeah. the thing yeah, that we get away from. Yeah, this doesn't feel like our old app. Well, your old app's not what we're using, but yeah. yeah. There's a reason we're moving away from that. Whether it be, I mean, I'm not yeah. saying you don't have, maybe there's validity for the same fields, but I, I've seen before where we just add, and whenever you get someone new to ServiceNow, they probably are adding them to the task table. I'm not going to say names, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, when when, that, when you're starting out, it's a common thing to do. Uh-huh. Is I need this yep. field added. Don't know how to add it. You add it to the task table. You, you've got, you know, 5,000 fields on your, exaggerating probably not very much though, uh, fields on your task table. It gets a little crazy, right? And then you end up never using it because that, that data point is actually no longer relevant because of the way the ServiceNow uh, yep. incident may be, you know, maybe the data you're trying to get can easily be grabbed from an, a different report which maybe your old thing did not have that ability, whatever. Either way, I'm just saying you should take a step back. You're not trying to just put your app, your old software in service. And it's a wonderful opportunity to review how they do it. Not saying you can't make changes, not saying you can't add fields. You just need to think, do I need this field? What am I using the field for? Not, no, I have yeah. this field and I need to replicate the field. Maybe you don't need to replicate. Maybe that field is going to be something generated after the fact that you put on a different table that's, you know, run async and never even has anything to do with the incident process on its own. Well, that's uh, why you need a company, you know, outside your organization to say, okay, you know, do the workshops and and be strong in the workshops. I've seen so many customers, so many that just you, you get in these workshops and the you know the company that's coming in to advise you just does whatever the hell you want and and honestly that's not that's not what they're there for but they they just are order wow. takers and and at some point you have to say okay here's here's where the goal is here's where we need to get to and here's why and doing it this way is not going to work. And that's when you do your discovery meetings, right? You, uh, you do those, uh, you know, four, four hour, eight hour, you know, discovery sessions where you're learning how they do everything. And then you're readjusting their, their processes. But I had, um, I had the customer come and say, bring me a, a picture an actual PDF image of Archer and say, I want GRC to look like this. He goes, my management said we have to convert it over to service now, but I don't want to change anything. So I want it to look like this. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No. I mean, 
I mean, you know, it's a bad idea. But <laughs> I guess that's the, the pitfall people fall in. And depending on who your rep, I've never had a rep try to sell me some way like that. Uh, but I'm not saying no one's ever said, oh, well, we can make it look like wherever you want. Because technically you can. Uh, but I, I would hope that people would just take the opportunity to, if, if, yeah. if Archer is what you want, then why are you getting rid of Archer? Well, and that was my conversation with them and it was that's yeah (laughs) and and it was bad example (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) and it was it was the conversation was well why do you why do you want to get rid of it and they're you know and the person that specific person didn't want to get rid of it but it was the rest of the organization wanted to get rid of it and i just happened to be talking to the one guy who liked it in the world well, the one guy that liked it, yeah, you know, didn't really like it necessarily as much as he probably doesn't have any support to deal with the changes in the process to begin with. That's my biggest pet peeve with ServiceNow is what you know you guys are all talking about is the way that companies implement it without actually looking at their processes first. Yep. Yeah. And and saying, yeah. hey, what you know, how should we be doing the work, like on paper? before we try to automate it and before we try to move from say 15 disparate systems into one ecosystem. I mean, service now is extremely powerful. It's extremely well done for the most part. And you can definitely benefit tons and make your organization lean and mean. But I see so many companies that, that just go, okay, yeah, that's the next big thing we need to buy. How much do we have to spend? Okay, let's put it in. Now, can we implement it in three days? Yes, you can implement it in three days. And then <laughs> you get, you know, you get into that process where it's it's like that, where you've got uh, management then checks out and says, All right, we did our deal. We we signed a contract with service now and we set a timeline. Um, let's check out now and then leave it to the guy that has the archer that now all of a sudden has to do everything that they've been doing. Uh, and make the reports look what they look look like what they've been re, uh, reported, but without yeah. the Archer, you know. So they come to you and they're yeah. like, "Hey, can you make service now look just like Archer?" Well, sure. We, I mean, we can. I mean, you I know, can make it look like anything, but it won't work. Right. You right. Know, yeah. We, yeah. We can, you know, you can take a, a a mutt and buy it to look like a French poodle, but why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and and I don't and I don't understand why what, what seems to me that I see happen is they buy service. Now they hire an, a company, a big company. Uh, there's a dozens of them and they point to the departments and you say, okay, figure it out. Um, without having any communication of what we're, what, what our goal is. Right. Yeah. They're like, Oh, just go implement it and get rid of these five tools, 10 tools, whatever. And they leave it to the people who are running the tools, those tools currently to try and make the, the, the change with an implementer and the implementer are typically just not very, you know, they're honestly, they, they want your money and oh. they're, a lot of times they're going to tell you okay to things that they shouldn't tell you okay to. Or they come um, in and they've got their playbook where they're like, oh, yeah. this is yeah. our run book. This is how we do these implementations. And what that means is we could care less whether it fits in your organization. This is what we're turning on. This is how we're configuring it. Oh, uh, yeah. And then yep. you can pay us extra yeah. later for turning it off or reconfiguring it to actually meet your organizational need. But that's how we get our implementations done under X amount of time is – 
run a script, flip a bunch of switches, call it good, and it doesn't look like that may work for company A, but it looks nothing like what company C is doing. And that's why they yeah. give you a low bid. Exactly <laughs> yeah. Oh, and that's true. You're going to have a lot of those low bids that are exactly like that. Yeah. I might offend a lot of people, but anytime a company comes in, a consultant comes in and says, we have a run book, that's code for, we don't intend to listen to you at all. Yeah, we have a, <laughs> oh, yeah. or it's uh, not even a run book. What was it? Oh, well, we have a template that we use for that. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I will. I, they came in once. Uh, we had a company come in once and, and do an implementation for incident. And they changed 412 different things in change management and problem management. And that they, they only were, all they were there for was to implement incident, right? Well, they sounds just like one of our customers. Yeah, yeah, it is one of our customers. Oh, okay, okay. We've been working a long time to reverse a bunch of that stuff, <laughs> but that's exactly what happened. They they had update sets. They just applied all the update sets and went, okay. Um, is there anything specific you want? And we'll charge you a lot for that. <laughs> But, I mean, you know, and who, yeah. who has time to review all that before you press go? Really? Yeah, I write. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, it's, it's cheap and simple just to do update sets. I have pre canned yeah, yeah. update sets and I'll put those in for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll take that job you, any day. Charge you a bunch of analysis work and off we go. Yeah. Yeah. I need to yeah. get some more. I like the sound of this. There's a little bit of sarcasm <laughs> there for the <this. laughs> Maybe we should uh, see your business model here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is this yeah, we've been doing this crap way wrong? I mean, we've I been doing know. it wrong, guys. Come on. <laughs> Listening to the customer. Blah. Yeah, there's no yeah, problem exactly. with that. <laughs> we can do it no. customers. Come on. That's how some people are, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh on the other hand, there are those that actually pay attention and customize their, you know, their entire process around what they, you know, uh, what they, the customer needs, which is a lot of communication about what are your processes, how do they work currently, uh, here's how it works in service now, how are we going to, how are we going to come together, right? Um, those kind of questions and uh, those kind of discovery sessions, and then once you're done you actually have a decent product and that's mm-hmm. uh, there's just not near enough of those kind of implementers uh, out there. They yeah. just aren't. You know what you're saying there? Customization isn't bad. It's bad when you do it as a first result resort. You know, it's like if you haven't rationalized, you know, why do we have this? Well, because it looks like Archer. Well, that's a crappy reason to do it. You know, yeah. um, it, 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 so when you customize just because that's the way we've always done it, that's like the absolute worst reason to customize. But when you have yeah. a legitimate rationalized out business need, my business does this, that is enough different than other businesses in the group. And this is how we thrive. And that, that may be because every, every company is going to have a different set of people and a different set of skill sets and a different, you know, that's fine to customize it that way, but capture it, keep the knowledge around it. Uh, and and do it for that reason, not just because it looks like the old tool that you had, or um, yeah. because, you know we want to call our changes you know uh, gold, silver, and pink. 
and yeah. not standard expedited and emergency. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't yeah. customize it because you're stupid. Customize it because <laughs> you well, and, and, and it. don't let every idea anybody ever has become a solution in the tool. Right. right. <laughs> like there are dumb ideas out there, guys. Stop putting them through as I as as enhancements. Okay. There are dumb ideas. And I can't tell you how many times I've looked at an I at a at an enhancement and went, who requested this? I want to know who requested it because I'm taking them off my list of smart people. I, I'm just telling you, this is not gonna happen, you know. Um a good time to it, have a disclaimer about the experience expressed by the host. <laughs> Oops, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. probably should have that. <laughs> yeah, we probably we we are not service now. We, we we do we do not represent service now. We are not associated with service now. Uh, so there's the disclaimer. But it, it's it is it truly is amazing the stuff that I see. But here's the problem. I'm an architect. And all this stuff goes through an architect. Well, Brent's an architect. Everything goes through him. You know, um, the the reality is all those development activities, all those ideas, all those things in a large organization need to go through somebody. Um, and there are organizations out there that aren't willing to spend the money to hire anybody that knows anything. They hire a bunch of first-level developers that are just out of college. And they say, okay, sick them, you know, and they don't have any governance around what gets done on the instance. And when you do that, that's how you end up with uh, a one of the, <laughs> the most customized, crazy uh, systems you can even imagine uh, that, I, that I worked on at one point. So, uh, and that's what... Another term, another term for that would be you have new job openings. <laughs> well, yeah. Here's the thing. The idea may not be dumb. The implementation may be dumb, but the idea yeah. is not necessarily dumb. It, you know, it, it's, an, yeah. it's just exactly what you're saying. It's an experience, um, which is, you know, why you need to, to do the rationalization and actually think about what the ramifications are before you go. But that that is a skill that, you know, you have to learn over time, you know, I mean, you, yeah. in order to really get good at rationalizing things, you got to break some stuff first. That's true. And, and honestly, there are ways to do things that are outside of scope, outside of what, you know, it's outside of the organization. Um, as far as that's concerned, what you should be doing in the tool. So, um, for example, if you have, um, you know, some crazy idea to hugely or to, to, to massively modify, you know, change management to do, I don't know, something else completely. Well, maybe you should be building an app for that instead, right? Um, and, and leave change management alone to do what change management does. So, um, Sounds so like anyway, might, might need to do a podcast on like, Something like that. Like, how do you make a determination of when do you when do you need to do a scoped app versus when do you do a customization versus when do you just change a field or add a field and and things yeah. like that? Because it sounds like that that's you know there's a lot of that maybe going around that uh, maybe that's something we should discuss on a future episode. 
Yeah, that wouldn't be bad. We could give some examples of stuff that we've seen over the years uh, that people have asked for and examples of the way things have been done that were wrong and then maybe the right way it was to be done. And um, that would be good. So look for that coming up. So circling back. uh, Edition of Service Sharp. Circling Uh, back to the the idea of the upgrades, is there any final thoughts uh, from anybody on, on upgrades for this episode? (laughs) Oh. <laughs> yeah we kind of uh, did get down a rabbit hole um yeah so this this episode was about a upgrades um <laughs> it has upgrades have been come have become more challenging now that uh you can only be one version behind since yeah. they changed the uh licensing but um it, it i can see where they're coming from it's it might be a good thing but it is more challenging it is we and just all got to get used to it, right? Just look up the release notes, start it as early as you can. Don't wait. You know, if you're if you're one of the places that waits till the very last minute uh, before they force you into it, at the very least, look up the release notes a few months before you're forced, so that you can I, try to at least start uh, or get yeah. an idea or it just anything will help you because you it's while they make it sound like you're going to be forced upgrade and, and, you know, move on with life. Uh, I mean, that doesn't mean it's going to be a forced upgrade that works for you. Right. Right. The platform will keep running after they press the buttons. At least it always has for me. Uh, but yeah, just, I, just look up those release notes, see if anything mentioned in there is something you likely touch and that'll get you uh That'll be a good head start for anyone anyone starting their upgrade cadence, which I personally think should be twice a year, but not everybody agrees. Yeah, yep. exactly. Awesome, guys. Well, uh, sorry we went down such a long rabbit hole, but I, I think it's time for us to wrap it up. Um, Brent, Justin, Randy, you guys are amazing. Um, I'm really happy to be here and be associated with you guys. So um, thank you for being here. And if you guys, uh, if any, any of you guys at home need anything and you have any questions, uh, don't hesitate to, uh, to, to, to get us a message. Uh, we have all kinds of avenues that you can uh, message us on. Um, we have uh, a uh, LinkedIn page as well. So, Feel free to give us give us a shout in whichever way you can find us. Hey. Sounds good. Signing See off. You guys. <laughs> thank you. We want to thank our flagship sponsor for this show, the Sharpstone Group LLC. Sharpstone is your source for all of your service now needs implementation, development, administration, strategy, and architecture. Contact the Sharpstone Group today at info at sharpstonegroup.com or 405-594-0100. We'd love to answer your questions or have you on the show. Contact us at servicesharp at sharpstonegroup.com or find our LinkedIn info in the notes. Additional sponsorship opportunities are available.